Welcome to the Game Changers podcast. Each week, we navigate the most important changes that affect pharmacotherapy. Plus, you can earn pharmacy and medicine CE credit. We know you're busy, so let us bring the learning to you. Click on Claim CE Credit in the show notes below. Now let's welcome your host, Jeff Wall, as he discusses this week's clinical practice game changers. Hello and welcome to Game Changers Clinical Conversations. I am your host, Jeff Wall, Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Drake University. Welcome to our show, the uh, show that we try to give you, the listener, the latest information on pharmacotherapy and other areas of medicine. We try to target both providers and pharmacists um, and in trying to give you know good information that the boots on the ground practitioner can, can really take to their practice immediately. And so we always try to focus on the latest information, the latest new drugs coming out, the latest studies, guidelines, et cetera, et cetera. So hope you like what you hear. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, thanks for keep listening to us. Uh, all we ask is that you please, you know, wherever you get your podcast, hit that like and subscribe button and head over to ceimpact.com, which is the producer of our show, where you can actually sign up for a very reasonable fee and get a CE for this program, as well as many other programs they have for both providers and pharmacists. So speaking of latest stuff, uh, and, you know, it's always dangerous with monkeypox stuff, but we're going to do a monkeypox update today based on two brief communications just published in the last 10 days in both JAMA and the New England Journal of Medicine. And so, uh, again, it's always kind of tricky with such a fast-moving disease state that, you know, you're afraid that by the time this airs, we'll already kind of be out of sync with what's actually going on. But we also felt like uh, that this was uh, a a really good review of of the only uh, potential treatment for monkeypox and, you know, kind of discussing, you know, how it was approved and the data looking at it. So we're not going to talk about vaccines in this. Uh, That could actually be its own... uh, game changer, and we could probably even do that coming down the road, we're going to talk about uh, a drug called Tecoviramat, which uh, at this point in time is not FDA approved for, for, for monkeypox, but is uh, the only leading candidate or leading treatment right now for monkeypox, and it actually is uh, available in emergency use authorization to, to buy public health state. Uh, public health departments have a small supply of it, depending on patient and the state and all that other stuff. So the first thing we're going to review is is, a, is an excellent uh, review of how this drug came to be uh, from the New England Journal of Medicine just again published in the last two weeks. Um, and before we get started, and, and I think this paper does a good job of this, it actually points out, you know, the kind of almost eerie similarities between this pandemic and the start of the H- HIV pandemic nearly 40 years ago. And it, we have this uh, unprecedented outbreak of a disease that is not usually seen in the United States. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, the, it disproportionately affects men who have sex with men in numerous countries. They note uh, uh, that uh, even though it's not as life-threatening as HIV or it's a uh, big, ugly cousin smallpox, monkeypox can cause serious illness. In fact, I just read the other day that I think the, the, one of the first deaths in the United States due to monkeypox occurred in Texas. Um, and it causes, you know, even if you just get sick, you're pretty sick. I mean, the, the things I've seen on, on YouTube and, and other patient kind of testimonials about how sick they get, you know, uh, this makes people pretty ill for quite a while. And uh, having being old enough to remember when, uh, when I got chicken pox, and that's probably as sick as I can remember being as a child, I, I think that this really doesn't surprise me that, that people get pretty ill with this. But you can get more serious stuff like ocular involvement, soft tissue infections, and the anal genital lesions are excruciating. So I mean, you know, even if this doesn't have the, the, the lethality that 
that HIV or uh, smallpox has, we, we do need a good treatment, right? And so there is a drug, and again, it's called Tecoviramat, and it's available for clinical use under an expanded access protocol to the CDC. And actually, you can just look that right up, um, uh, look up, uh, go to the CDC website and just look up Tecoviramat, and it'll pop up the, the expanded use protocol. The theory is this drug may, may help uh, speed resolution of monkeypox illness and improve outcomes. The problem is, is that we, up until very recently, have almost no data in humans in this medication. And so that's where this gets kind of an interesting turn. So uh, Tecoviramat, which we're going to talk about the, uh, the mechanism of action and all that in a little while, um, is an antiviral drug. And it was approved for smallpox disease under a regulation that I'd never heard of prior to, to, to doing some research on this called the animal rule. And the animal rule is a pathway for approval by the FDA that allows for uh, approval of drugs for serious or life-threatening conditions when it is not ethical to conduct efficacy studies in humans and not feasible to conduct field trials to study the effectiveness of the drug. And so under the animal rule, efficacy is established on the basis of adequate and well-controlled studies in animal models of human disease. So very interesting that, that you don't actually have to have uh, human data right up front, but safety must be adequately evaluated in, in actual humans and, 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 not, and not in animals. Now, why does this animal rule exist? Because remember, Tecovirumab is approved for smallpox, not for monkeypox. And smallpox is essentially an eradicated disease worldwide. And so it, trying to do efficacy studies on, on a drug, the disease that essentially no longer exists, would uh, not be ethical or feasible. And so that's why this animal rule pathway is really the only regulatory pathway for approving a product for the treatment of smallpox. Now, again, we're not talking about smallpox. We're talking about monkeypox. But they're both variola viruses, right? Um, and of course, there's a wide high number of variola viruses out there. Um, again, members of the orthopox virus genes of viruses, I think, as we all know. Um, the problem is, is that doing variola virus as a kind of a surrogate for smallpox is not reproducible and requires unnaturally high viral challenge doses. And the other problem, of course, is that variola virus infection in animals does not mimic human smallpox disease. So it, it really, it's really hard to do. <laughs> the um, article does note that really the only two sources or supplies, if you will, uh, smallpox virus now are restricted to two maximum containment laboratories located in the United States and Russia. That's nice and scary. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully those are never breached by anybody, right? So uh, Tecoramax efficacy for the treatment of smallpox, because again, that's what it's approved for, was established and the and basis of animal models using other orthopox virus specifically monkeypox and rabbit pox. So it's interesting that even though this drug was approved for smallpox, the animal models that they used were, were monkeypox, which again is, is monkeypox that we're dealing with as, as far as a pandemic is concerned. In these animal studies, they noticed that survival rates were markedly higher among animals that received tecoviramat than among those who received placebo. They then did safety in humans by evaluating adverse reactions in healthy volunteers who received tecoviramat. Um, and so, again, noting that under the animal rule, you can use animal data for efficacy, but you have to use human data for safety, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, they also uh, estimated the dose the treatment duration and the kinetics of tecoviramat based entirely on, on, on either animal studies or plasma concentrations and healthy volunteers, you know, at both those. And when they did that, they noticed that at least at doses uh, that seemed to work in humans that in vitro, this drug tecoviramat had good efficacy against monkeypox and rabbitpox. 
And again, the recommended duration of therapy was based on these studies in animals. So that's how the drug came to be approved for smallpox. Interesting, but we're not talking about smallpox. We're talking about monkeypox in humans, right? And so, you know, that says, well, then how are we going to get studies on, on this particular viral disease in humans? Now, the problem right up front is that monkeypox is a disease that remains endemic in some parts of the world, primarily in, in West and Central, uh, Central Africa. And it, because of that, if we're going to use tecavirumab for monkeypox, we can go ahead and just do studies in those areas of the world. The problem is, is that there are different clades or different kind of subtypes of monkeypox. And unfortunately, the clade that is, is now worldwide is not the same clade that is usually responsible for endemic outbreaks in Western and Central Africa. So that makes things kind of difficult because, you know, will it have the same efficacy? Um, also, it's worth noting that the populations affected are different and some of the symptoms are different between the clade that is causing the pandemic currently worldwide and the, the clade that is endemic in Western and Central Africa. So again, that makes uh, clinical studies looking just at, at, at that group kind of difficult. Now, currently, the National Institutes of Health uh, are planning an RCT in the Democratic Republic of Con Congo to evaluate the safety and efficacy of tecovirumab and treating uh, monkeypox. So, you know, there's already kind of an ongoing study that is, is rolling out, kind of taking a look at that. But they also note that because, you know, the symptoms are different, it's a different clade, uh, NIH is now also developing a U.S.-based RCT to assess the safety and efficacy of tecovirumab in the treatment of monkeypox disease in this country. This trial will be in, uh, conducted by the AIDS Clinical Trials Group, which, if you're an old man like me, was the, the trials group that got drugs like AZT and some of the initial medications for uh, HIV approved uh, because of, the, of their trials group where they were able to bring different clinics with patients with HIV and bring all this data together. Um, and so and it was also allowed, kind of like we did with COVID vaccines and, and COVID treatments, to rapidly assess the safety and efficacy of antiviral drugs for HIV infection. So it really uh, uh, is probably the, the, the best way to, to take a look at treatments for, for monkeypox as well, because you've already got this kind of setup trial design group in multiple clinics all around the country. You should be able to rapidly get the drug to them, rapidly start the process of randomizing patients and getting them on treatment. So hopefully it won't be too long before we get good clinical and regulatory data on uh, tecavirumab for monkeypox in the U.S. But again, that still may be a year or two down the road. Now, uh, as of this taping um, of a uh, recording of this podcast, uh, it, it, it seems like monkeypox uh, rates have leveled, have leveled off. They haven't continued to increase in the last week or two. Now, again, that might be just a blip in the radar and we'll see another uh, another big increase as time goes on, but, but some, you know, there are some uh, epidemiologists who are, are looking at the data and, and wondering, you know, are we going to reach a crest here and kind of go down or will it, you know, will it continue to, to, to go back up? And again, there's no way to know that um, and until, until we kind of go down the road and kind of see what happens. I think, you know, uh, the, the prudent public health thing to do, of course, is to, is to make sure that uh, the United States and, and other countries worldwide obviously have a sufficient vaccine. Remember, this is one of the few diseases that post-exposure vaccines can and still decrease uh, a length of symptoms. So if, if someone was exposed to somebody with monkeypox and hadn't been vaccinated, they actually could get uh, vaccinated within about four days of, of the exposure and they still might see some benefit. But again, uh, especially in immunocompromised patients, patients with HIV, uh, having an effective treatment um, is, is, is certainly warranted. And um, I think just like in COVID, we're probably going to be using uh, tecovirumab in monkeypox patients long before we have randomized controlled trial data out suggesting that it's actually effective. So uh, to that end, uh, we're uh, going to talk about the first 
uh, actual collected and reported paper to describe Tecoviramad uh, in humans with mox, monkeypox with this current clade we're talking about in the U.S. Um, and as I said, you know, uh, up until just about two weeks ago, we had very little uh, data on uh, Tecoviramad in monkeypox for efficacy in humans, and certainly nothing on the current clade of, of monkeypox that is, is responsible for the worldwide pandemic. And so uh, it was, I think, uh, one of the reasons why this paper that was published in JAMA, again, just in the last two weeks, uh, was kind of rushed to uh, to publication, uh, looking at, at at the first real data, and so this the title of the paper is "Compassionate Use of Tecoviramad for the Treatment of uh, Monkeypox." It notes that that um, again, supposedly tecoviramad is one of the only treatments for active monkeypox, but no, there's almost no in vivo data. Uh, so of course, this makes this report very important. Now, this is just a case series. So basically, they looked at at a number of patients who they gave the drug to. This is not a randomized control study. There was no control arm, and given and how quickly it was published, my guess is it, it, it did go through a peer review process, but it probably wasn't as vigorous um, or, or, or thorough as, as you might expect if this was just a regular paper in uh, any of the big five internal medicine journals. Um, my guess is this, they, they kind of gave it a look through, made sure it all made sense, and then wanted to get it to get, get this uh, uh, published as quickly as possible to give uh, uh, clinicians some evidence in, in, in what this drug does, basically. So again, it points out that monkeypox is this orthopox virus in the same genus as varola and um, a, a smallpox. They note as of August 18, 2022, so about 40,000 cases of now been reported world, worldwide, uh, and, but they also note again that uh, in one study, and this is mostly data from Africa, so it isn't the same clade, that hospitalization is required um, uh, in, in up to 13% of patients who get monkeypox. Now again, so far in the United States, that doesn't seem to be the case, and, and the hospitalization rates and death rates have been far lower. Um, I know personally in, in my health, uh, health health system, we have not yet had to admit a patient for monkeypox, though we have seen some cases in our clinics and in, in our emergency departments. So, uh, the, but in any event, it does suggest that we, we do need effective therapy. So Tecoviramat works because it inhibits P37, which is a protein involved in the release of enveloped virus dissemination and viral virulence of all these orthopox viruses, basically. And again, it notes that through this animal rule uh, that Tecoviramat has been shown in vitro activity and in animal activity appears to have a, a, an okay efficacy profile in animals and a favorable clinical safety profile in human volunteers. But again, human volunteers aren't the same as patients who have the disease. So this is a very important important uh, a report coming through, uh, again, just recently published. It was an uncontrolled cohort study, so that's a fancy way of saying basically it's a, it's a case series. So they basically looked at, at a number of patients with monkeypox who received tecoviramad on the, using the compassionate use model uh, done entirely in California. Patients were eligible for treatment if, if they had actual laboratory confirmation of monkeypox infection from their skin lesions using PCR. As everyone knows, uh, testing for monkeypox is still in its very early stages, and, it's, and just like the early stages of COVID is sometimes difficult to get um, even in, in a state public health labs it's sometimes difficult to, to, to get tests on, on a frequent basis once they were positive outpatients were referred to uh, University of California Davis hospital systems primarily through the Sacramento County Department of Public Health between June 3rd 2022 and August 13th 2022 so that tells you how quickly this, this paper was published they all had to have disseminated disease or lesions uh, in sensitive areas including the face or genital regions and were offered treatment
treatment. Uh, if they were adults, um, they, they were offered treatment with, with fecoviramat that was weight-based. So, and there's nothing in the paper that talks about what the exact dose was. It was administered uh, every eight or 12 hours. And this is an important counseling point, fecoviramat for the pharmacists out there. It, was, it had to be taken within 30 minutes of a meal containing high to moderate to high fat content for improved bioavailability. So that of course is gonna make uh, the dosing of the drug pretty tricky because you're gonna have to tell patients that to, to really get the maximum benefit from this medication, they need to take it with a meal that has a moderate to high fatty content. And that might make, make you know, remembering to take it in the morning, for example, per, pretty difficult. I'm, you know, I personally don't have a moderate to high fatty breakfast and most people I know have cereal or something like that. That's probably not gonna count. And so that's something that again, I think we'll really have to, to go through the patients uh, if this becomes you know, widespread use, uh, if monkeypox keeps getting worse, basically. Duration of therapy was 14 days. So much uh, longer than you would expect for say, you know, again, for COVID, uh, you know, tax of it is five days for, for influenza, uh, oseltamivir is, is, is five days. This is for 14 days of therapy. And they actually said they could in, ex, extend the treatment based on the clinical status of the patient. They then collected clinical data at the first in-person evaluation and then at days uh, 17 and 21 by in-person or telephone interviews. All patients did provide written, written informed consent. They had a total of 25 patients in this, in this study. Um, and again, just the case series, uh, all patients were self-reported male and the median age was 40.7 years. It's important to note that uh, of these 25, nine of them had HIV, so that's, that's an important piece. Uh, one patient had received the smallpox vaccine more than 25 years prior. We suspect that if you are vaccinated against smallpox, it will provide at least some, if not full, protection against, against monkeypox. Um, four patients had received one dose of the Genios vaccination, but had not received the, uh, the full course after symptom onset. At the time of treatment, systemic symptoms, lesions, or both were, were present for a mean of 12 days, so uh, before they'd even showed up for treatment, they'd have symptoms for about 12 days. Uh, some of the big symptoms they reported were included fever in about two thirds or three quarters of patients, headache in a third, uh, fatigue, sore throat, chills, backache, myalgia, nausea, diarrhea, but of course, all of them, 92% uh, had genital or perianal lesions and 13% had, had fewer than 10 lesions all over their entire body. So half of patients had more than 10 lesions and all patients had significant pain associated with the lesions. Most patients received the 14 days of therapy. However, one patient did receive 21 days of therapy. Uh, as far as the efficacy, and again, there's no comparative efficacy because there's no control group, but complete resolution of, of lesions was reported in 40 patients on day seven of therapy, while 92% uh, of patients had a resolution of their symptoms and lesions by day 21. So again, by day seven, 40% uh, had a significant improvement in resolution of lesions, and by day 21, almost all patients in the group did. Now, there's no comparator arm, but the authors note that uh, this would not be the normal course of monkeypox that you would probably not see that rate of improvement, that monkeypox lesions tend to last 21 to 30 days or more. And so uh, resolution uh, by, of all lesions in 10 days, uh, seven days by about 40% of patients would be considered unusual for the normal uh, disease course of monkeypox. So again, you're, you're, you're making a whole bunch of assumptions there, uh, but that's basically what they kind of took away from. So efficacy, I'm kind of plus minus about. I mean, you know, yes, it, didn't, it, it seemed to maybe help, but again, until we get a comparator arm, there's no real way to know that. I think much more compelling is, is the safety data, right? Because that, that's something we probably can take a look at. And they noticed that on the whole, that tecovirumab was actually very well tolerated. No patient discontinued therapy, so they all completed therapy. And none of the adverse effects that were reported by day seven would be easily distinguishable from actually having monkeypox. So it was fatigue, headache, nausea, 
uh, itching and diarrhea were the, were the four or five most reported side effects. And again, none of those could really be easily differentiated from having monkeypox itself. So I think it's reasonable to say that at this point, you know, again, just in a small group of patients and humans with monkeypox, because we already had safety data and, and healthy volunteers, that it does not seem that that tecovirumab seems to be particularly dangerous, at least in, in the short terms that we're using. So their conclusions were in their in their preliminary case series that oral tecovirumab was well tolerated, and I tend to agree with that, with minimal adverse effects. Uh, they note that, again, you know, that, that it seemed like it helped hasten uh, symptom resolution and, and resolution of lesions, but they, again, as I've noted, no control groups go to uh, included limiting conclusions of the antiviral efficacy pertaining to this. So, you know, I, I think it's an important paper that tells us that at a minimum, uh, tecovirumab seems to be relatively safe, at least in, in the small report of patients with monkeypox. Whether it's actually efficacious or not, I think remains to be seen in randomized controlled trials. My guess is, is that we will probably see cohort studies where uh, um, uh, they will compare uh, patients who received monkeypox treatments to uh, matched controls who did not. And I think that those papers will probably hit the literature long before uh, randomized controlled trials, which obviously take far longer to do, will. But um, I think if the COVID pandemic has taught us anything is that retrospective studies uh, um, are often misleading when it comes to efficacy. So um, I'll admit I'm still on the fence about tecovirumab. If I were to get a call today uh, about a, a patient with monkeypox and they said, well, I think we can get tecovirumab should we use it. Um, I, I'd say that right now the data is not, you know, that we really don't know if it's working. I think if the patient is is willing to try it, I think it's, it's something willing to try, but I think the patient um, has to have a, and, and the clinician really needs to have a good conversation saying, look, we don't have a lot of data, data showing this is, this is going to really actually improve things, but it seems to be safe, at least in, in, in the short term. And so, you know, if you'd like to give it a, a try, I think that's reasonable. I'd be much more likely to, to, to consider its use in immunocompromised patients, patients with HIV, uh, because one would assume they would have more, more severe symptoms and may require hospitalization. So, so that's it for, for uh, this update on monkeypox. And that's it for this week of uh, Game Changers. Thanks again for listening. Again, uh, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. And most importantly, head over to CE Impact, sign up for some, some uh, CE, help us keep the lights on. We really appreciate it. Uh, we will see you next week. But until then, remember, time flies. I don't know where it's going, but the most important day is today. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening then. Claim your CE credit by clicking on the link in the show notes and check out CE Impact's other education at ceimpact.com, where we curate the most important information in pharmacy and medicine to deliver straight to you. Join today to connect your learning to practice.